for all my people out there that got a job. I wanted to play that clip not only because it's stupid as fuck to be making out with people in the club, but also because I'm stupid as fuck and made out with people in the club and definitely 100% got sick. I woke up sick and I was kissing. I think I kissed my my friend, Britt. Britt, like, bitch, why are you name dropping? Like, why am I in this? Um, and she was making out with white girls and we were with a group of people and it was pride. And it was definitely after COVID happened in the world. Um, it was when I had red hair. So, bitch, it was back when I was sticky, fine, just feeling myself. Um and I just thought it was so crazy because I woke up and had the worst sore throat. And I think me and Britt even recorded on the podcast that week. And like we were both sick from doing dumbass fucking behaviors. <laughs> so it's funny that they said that, that it was pride for them as well. Anyways, anyways, while I'm over here telling my business, welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. I'm your host, Bree the Black Sheep, the Black Bachelorette, the bitch be, that be kissing in the club. Self-proclaimed, because I don't want these niggas. These niggas don't. These niggas want me. I don't want COVID. COVID wanted me. I don't want strep. Strep wanted me. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm obviously feeling good as fuck this week. Um, coming off of the worst week of my life. Okay. Last week was Thanksgiving, and I <sighs> every fucking year I tell my mama how much I hate Thanksgiving. Of course, because of racism oppression genocide the fact that we're celebrating literal murder um but also because every year on thanksgiving i don't know if i have put this hex on myself because i always name it and it always happens i tell my mama every year something bad always happens on thanksgiving and it always comes in threes for me all of the time some of the worst things that have ever happened in my family till this day my grandma falling and literally breaking a hip Everything has happened on COVID, I mean, on COVID, has happened on Thanksgiving. It never fucking fails. Um, so this year, it started with, on Monday, Zuri ends up getting sick. She has a stomach bug, throws up, gets right over it. But when that domino effect just started, she got everyone sick. She got um, Jersey sick. She got Nova, my roommate sick, who was taking care of her. She got the maintenance man who came to unclog the, the toilet, I mean, unclog the sink. He got sick. Um, then I was like, whoo, all these niggas sick. It, it missed me. He must have passed me up. Of course, I wake up on the day of Thanksgiving, four days later, and I got the sickest out of everyone. I had chills for three days. I was throwing up. I could barely even get up and I had to take Zuri to dance class. She had a performance. She had like it. So much was going on. And like I was in like full blown depression. I lost so much weight. I'm so thin right now because I could not eat for days. Um, it was horrible. It was like a really bad week. And it definitely came in threes. Everyone got sick. We missed Thanksgiving. I had all of this stuff planned for Thanksgiving. I was supposed to go hang out with Quincy and her family. But Quincy is such a great friend. I love her so much. Because she still ended up coming by and dropping off Thanksgiving food. So that we could still enjoy like a bit of Thanksgiving festivities. Um, because I was like 
so sad that he wasn't even going to be able to eat or anything. And um, my kids got to eat Thanksgiving food. So um, love her for that. But also, we had a concert we were supposed to be going to, me and Quincy. And I completely ruined the concert, acting a fucking drunk ass. And it was just... It was a terrible week. Like I came, it was so bad. The third thing that happened, I I was so sick that I could not get up on Thanksgiving. And Jersey decides to go and um get some scissors, and she cut all her hair off. My four year old, literally, her hair was down her back, and she cut it like to her ear. Yeah, that happened. It was a shitty fucking week. Um, so I was feeling so down. I had to call on my resources and reach out for help because I was not okay. Luckily, I had good friends. My cousin Denise, who lives in New York, really spoke into me and uplifted me and gave me positivity. Quincy, as much as I acted a fucking ass, stood by her best friend and continued to support me. And that got me through. My community got me through that week because, woo, child, it was Thanksgiving fucking sucked. I'm so glad December, like, literally just swooped right on in that I'm, like, trying to forget November even fucking happened. Um, but my I be counting the lows, but let me come to the top, count the highs. Um, last night, we had a volleyball game. I needed this because there was no volleyball game last week because of Thanksgiving, because of holidays. So this week, we got into playoffs. Shout out to my team, Safe Sets, because we, only six of us showed up, so we had no subs. And for the first time I played all the way around, we killed it. Okay, we was on motherfucking beast mode. And each game was so close. It was like 22, 25. One game was 24. I mean, 26, 24, because you got to win by two. The games were so close. And each game, we were down and came back up. Like, we just played together as a team. I was just so proud of us. At one point, this dude, like, our... (laughs) One of our best players on the team, he's fucking amazing. He served into this man's face and the man like Harry Potter. So it was hilarious. Uh, why you shaved the pussy and not the ass? Harry Potter. Anyways, um, he uh, one of our teammates served into his face and broke his glasses. And it was ever it was so terrible that like everyone on the team was like, oh, my God, are you OK? And I as a black person could not hold my laugh like I had to turn around <laughs> turn around every now and then I get a little tickle to laugh and that shit was so funny now I had to turn around because it was so funny and everyone was so serious about it I was like child he served that shit so hard he knocked them into next week like he dead ass did but you know karma comes right back around because after that play and me chuckling and it was funny because all of their team was white and it was all men except one woman and she was the fucking team she was so good but it was like four white dudes they all looked exactly the same they all looked like tyler or brad and they literally looked the same i'm like they're brothers it's a a family team but anyways they he just looked so dorky he got knocked out it was not cute that I thought it was so funny and then the next play okay it comes back to our side I go for a ball because I was just going for everything trying to keep trying to make sure we didn't lose no points my teammate one of my favorite on the team not Samantha because you know that's my girl but uh, someone else he went for a ball and tried to push it up because he just did like a knee-jerk reaction he ends up kicking it dead into my face we're so close 
it knocks my ass out. It knocks me on my ass on the ground. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm, I try to jump out. I literally fall back down. I was so dazed. We had to take a timeout. And if that ain't karma, I don't know what is. Okay. But I had to laugh at myself because it was just so fucking funny. I'm like, I was really laughing at this nigga. Here I go. Here I am. Um, I, oh, I also lost my voice last week, which is why I still sound like this. But Nova said I sound a little sexy. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Um, but that's why I sound like this, y'all. Um, and also really love my team because speaking of community, there was a, a time during a game. I do not like to mess up. I do not like to miss points. If it's like, oh, it was a good play, blah, blah. Okay. But if it's like I just did some stupid shit or I missed the ball, I don't like that. So two times I thought the ball was out. And it was in. So I missed two in a row. And like, I'd be trying to play perfect. I don't like to make no mistakes because um, I just how I am about games because I love to win. And I got so mad at myself. I was like, I'm so sorry, team. Like, I'm going to do better. Like, this is so like I'm doing trash. And they spoke into me. So they uplifted and empowered me so good. Like, they was like, no, nah, you out here doing your job. You out here getting every ball. You out here serving like you done lost your mind. Like, you are fucking doing amazing. Don't get down. Like, stay up. Every single one of them looked at me and was like, stay up. And it just, it made me be like, you know, you're right. And I did not mess up no more. Like, I just was like, okay, I just, like, it's it's a lesson that I, like, sports is really important because you learn a lot of life lessons when you play sports and you build a community with people. Like, when people speak into you, that's how you do better. Like, you know, like, the workplace is so toxic because when you're not doing a good job, they write you up. They make you feel worse by yourself. And when you're not doing a good job and people uplift you, that's what makes you feel better. That's what makes you keep going when other people support you and see, like, I know you're better than this. That's why sometimes when I'm upset with Zuri, I try to tell her, like, I know you're better than this. Not, oh, here you go. It's like, I know you can do better than this. And I've seen you do an amazing job. And I need you to do how I know you can do. Um, so shout out to my team, bitch, because we go into the shit. What? We go into the shit. What? We go into the motherfucking playoffs, y'all. I think we're like in third place right now. And these teams are good. So I feel uh, they literally told me they were like because I got knocked to the floor and like my lip busted and um, I got up and started killing. That's when my serves got even harder after I got hurt. And they were like, you were playing like MJ when he had the flu. I was like, yes. OK, Michael Jordan is anti-black. But I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so it was just oh, uh, it was last night. It was just perfection. Like I I just was so proud of my team. Uh, they really just came through for me and I'm realizing that my favorite moments in my life are just when it's a part of community a part of being with other people um Zuri's performance like I know I talked about the, the week being so shitty but also Zuri's performance was so amazing it was like black excellence y'all like it was nothing but black women up in that building just really showing the fuck off all the dance teams were black and they came up in there like I was just so proud of my child for being a part of it for doing her damn thing for dancing me and Quincy got up there and danced for the old school people um yeah I just I don't know I just feel so happy to be here you know we go through our ups and downs in life and depression is real but I am just really happy to be here and connect with the people who make life worth living um so yeah enough of that that's what I've been on I cannot wait to have my guest on today because um I, you'll get to know her a little bit more later in the episode but just 
community is so important because I found this artist through my roommate and just I'm telling you the importance of connection I swear it's just uh y'all but anyways let's get these nuts off all right I'm ready these nuts <laughs> so my first nut is the fact that they with black twitter you guys is everyone's voices taking the Shaquilla Robinson Shaquilla Robinson story seriously they have indicted someone on the charges. Um, they indicted the friend. And I'm just really happy to see how our voice really matters and sticking together. And that's why it's so frustrating how um, Elon Musk is fucking destroying black Twitter because black Twitter is powerful and they hate to see black people connect and come together because that's when in real time you see people talking about the things that happen on black Twitter and black Twitter and black people single-handedly pushed this story black women like for once black women were protected and people spoke up for this woman and they actually got murdered uh charges filed on one of the friends so i'm really happy to hear that this has happened i'm hoping that her family can just have some sort of peace or justice from this um my second nut is i just really want to keep it on positive note for a little bit Princess Broadus, who is Snoop Dogg's daughter, a beautiful, beautiful girl, is engaged, y'all. Um, and this is such a beautiful moment because when she came out with pictures of herself and her man, they both look good. Because she is a bigger, dark-skinned woman, people flooded her comments with negative opinions because they didn't feel like her boyfriend at the time liked her for her like are you does he just like you because you're famous and it's annoying because y'all don't believe or don't think that black women deserve love dark-skinned black women specifically specifically bigger dark-skinned black women um so the fact that the this couple is now engaged you don't hear them in no drama you don't hear him doing her dirty nothing like that you just see their happiness and him constantly supporting her i'm just i just want to count my wins for black women okay we're we're so happy we support you um and we are excited for you girl live it up um my third night uh this is a tough one right so shantiri weems who was arrested on arrested for shooting the man who was arresting children at her daycare facility um she i think pleaded guilty for shooting her husband James Weems when she found out that he was touching the kids at her daycare and while it's really sad that this woman is going to have to face these charges and be sentenced for doing the Lord's work I am just really happy at the overwhelming support that she's got for this because a lot of people don't believe black women or don't believe kids nothing like that but she has gotten an overwhelming amount of support for what she did and it's sad that we have to take the law in our hands because many times abusers, rapists, molesters do not get any penalties for doing the bullshit they be doing. So the fact that she shot her husband out of just like rage and anger and like, how fucking dare you? I just, I support this woman. I support you. And I hope that she got a lot of the charges dismissed. And I really hope her sentences is just time served because... I believe just like all the men who get off for killing their daughters, rapists, this woman should be out because if my daughter went to this school and I found out she shot him. Thank you. Period. Because it was going to be me or you doing it, boo. So yeah, shout out to you. Okay. My next nut, just a, a disgusting nut. Ashanti 
talks about how, and this happens all the time in the industry, which is why this is one of my nuts. She was doing an interview and she talked about how a producer wanted her to even wanted her to either have sh- have take a shower with him or pay eighty thousand dollars for two of her records that he uh, produced for her. And this goes to show you just how bad it is in the industry. Women are literally forced to have sex, touch men, which this is rape, like literally sexually assault or rape. And a lot of people are like, okay, just don't do it. Do you know how badly it can affect someone's career? Someone who can literally never make it. Kodak Black, who else said Kodak Black, Rick Ross. uh, There's been a lot of people who came forward and was like, if I can't fuck I think even Boosie said if they cannot fuck the women on their labels, they're not signing nobody. Period. They come out loud and proud to say, if I can't rape these girls, I these girls ain't going to be on my label. And they don't think that that's rape. They think that they are entitled to any and everything, right? Because men been singing about this forever. Men been saying like, um, like that if you're not going to fuck, what the fuck? What Ludacris say? How the fuck you ain't gonna fuck? Girl, I'm me. I'm the goddamn reason you in VIP, CEO. You ain't got a CID. Ain't even got a CID. That's, oh, that's fucking lyric in itself. Men have been rapping, speaking loudly about the fact that if a woman is not trying to fuck, she ain't getting in this club. She ain't coming. She ain't showing up. So for a lot of y'all saying that women sleep their way up, women literally are raped to be able to get in the industry, get ahead, to even be at the lowest level of where a man is. That is the only way a a lot of women, which is why most of these women are the typical light-skinned pygmies because those are the ones that men want to see and they allow to get up. And then, of course, they are sexually assaulting these women. And who knows how many times women have to have, literally have to have sex with these men. It's like, I didn't already did this song. This is art. This is going to break my career. And the one thing I got to do is have sex with this man or take a shower. Like, Many of us have have sex with people we didn't even like just because. And it's like, well, I guess I got to have sex with this man. It's like, we are the only ones forced to do this. Men never have to do this. Never. Imagine all you men right now, if you had to fuck a nigga or suck a nigga's dick just to get ahead. Y'all would never do it. Y'all would never let y'all egos, but y'all think we are entitled to do this. And it's really sad. And a lot of people in the comments were like, well, say his name. Why don't you say his name to protect other women? Y'all don't know what could happen to her, the type of backlash she could face, or Meg came out smooth and defended herself and stated names, and y'all completely turned on her and traumatized her even more. So it's, it is extremely hard for women to come out and speak their truths. Like, it's, it, it, this is just a long running thing that has been going on that men get away with raping women like Harvey Weinstein. I know that you want this career and I literally am going to force you to have sex with me. It's not always forcibly and put my hands on you and beat the shit out of you into rape. It's you're not going to have a career unless you do this. And a lot of women are forced to do it. It is literally the, how the game goes. So I'm glad she spoke up and spoke her truth because a lot more of these pervy ass situations need to be um, exposed. And a lot more women need to be allowed in the industry, more producers, um, more creative direction like the who I'm going to be um, interviewing today because it's important for these women to be there so that other women feel safe. Okay, my my next nut is, is I want to talk about a number of things, but it always comes down to white villa, I mean, sorry, black vilification, villainization. Black villainization versus white mediocrity. Okay, it is it is the thought process that like when, it's actually 
more than a thought process. It's like white people have found this way to when black people do anything, make it like headline news, make it the worst thing in the world. And when white people do monstrosities, they make like they literally ignore it or won't talk about it. It'll just pass over very much like the Brett Favre still in Brett Favre story where he stole $90 million from black women. Um, That's like, no one even knows that that shit happened or existed. Now, had that been a black man, that'd be something where it was like, just polarized completely on, on every person's TV. It was like, kind of like R Kelly, kind of like how Kanye West is trending topics. Anytime he just opens his mouth uh, granted, which he deserves, but when white people do the worst thing ever, like Jerry Jones being in this damn picture, stopping black people from being able to, to segregate, I mean, to, you know, desegregation photo where he is trying to stop uh, the schools from being segregated, participating in a racist ass demonstration. And for the people who were like, he was 14 at the time. So was Emmett Till when he was killed, drug, um, just, pounded to a fucking pulp as a child so it's a big ass deal because it's not the last time jerry jones has been racist he literally owns nfl team and and or nfl commissioner and he continues to use his white privilege and power to oppress uh, black people so when extremely huge things happen that white people do news segments news companies stories they will hide this shit or just pretend like it's not a big deal versus when black people do any and everything it is the biggest deal ever and there was two headline stories that happened this week first was harry styles harry styles stopped the concert because he told people to back up literally the bare minimum a white man could do in america literally like he has done nothing I can think of that has warranted headline news, but he stopped the concert because he told people to back up and everyone knows the Astro world happened thing happened. And because, um, and please don't let me even get on the train of defending black men who deserve the shit that happens to them. But Travis Scott and all those deaths happened in the astral world. Of course, it was horrific. But that the fact that now anytime a white person stops their show, they're like, oh, my God, you're just a God. You're amazing. You're a goddess. It's head. That was headline news. And I commented on that. And I was like, oh, my God, he cares about us normies. He's such a God. I'm so thankful for him. Yo, these white people tore my ass up on Facebook. They were like, how dare you? She's a pick me. You're a horrible fucking person because y'all have been letting people die. Bitch, y'all been out here bombing black people and shooting up the fucking world. Y'all are literally the reason why the world is as terrible as it is. But y'all want to make headline news because Harry Styles told people to breathe. And it was also headline news this week that Kate Hudson is able to co-parent with three of her baby daddies. A white woman with three baby daddies is headline news because y'all think it's amazing that she has such a huge blended family. When it's black women with multiple baby daddies, I got two baby daddies and I'm a statistic. Everyone calls me a statistic, calls me a hoe, calls me... um, all type of shit because I'm not ma- I'm unmarried with two kids that I take care of. But let a white woman with a nanny and three baby daddies be out here popping her pussy severely. Then she's called a literal goddess. The way y'all make white mediocrity like so amazing. And then y'all villainize black people for any and everything. When Jerry Jones and the whole NFL is racist as fuck till this day. 
till this motherfucking day and y'all still y'all ignore it so i just wanted to make this note because it really gets on my nerves that like what LeBron said is true. And y'all know I just fired LeBron's ass up. So I'm I'm with you when you're right and I'm against you when you're wrong. But him deciding to take that moment at his press conference and be like, why y'all don't ask me about these? Why are these questions? Why did y'all come up here and really made sure I spoke against Kyrie, another black man, but y'all don't got nothing to say about the commissioner, the the head of the NFL being in a photo. like And, and these photos are out here. So th- these men are proud. They don't fucking care. They don't give a damn. And I think that Jerry Jones did finally speak up. He said, first of all, you have to hear me say how much I think of LeBron. I don't know of anyone that I respect more. I don't know if anybody has taken every opportunity he's had and maximized it. Not only a great ambassador to support, he has taken teams, venues, and huge platforms. Nigga, what does this have to do with the fuck that you, fact that you've been in this picture? He goes, I want to be sure that you know where I'm coming from. It made buttons pop out of my vest, so to speak, that he would talk about how much of a cowboy fan he was. What, 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 what is this saying? He none of what he said addressed the fact that he's in this picture. I can't. I cannot with these white people. I just really cannot. Um yeah, it's just the way y'all just let white people get a pass for like killing, murdering and beating the shit out of us like Jeffrey Dahmer and we'll dress up as them, but then act like black people are the worst things on the planet for what? Freedom of speech. And half the shit that these niggas say is terrible, but y'all don't even let black women breathe. A black woman can't pop her head out and be like, look at me, I love myself without y'all jumping down her motherfucking throat. So I just want to acknowledge how white people can do literally nothing and get praised and black people can just merely be out here speaking whatever the fuck they want and and y'all will dig them into the dirt. And a lot of them deserve it, but... All these white people be deserving 10 times as worse, 100 times as worse. Ancestral times as worse as black people do, period. Um, my last and final nut, because we got to count our little wins. And while this is, you know, it's a small victory, I'm still going to celebrate it. So the U.S. Senate passed a Respect for Marriage Act, which is, you know, it's still worth celebrating because I told y'all when Roe versus Wade, Roe v. Wade was overturned, that could open the door for a lot of things. That can open the doors for overturning interracial marriage, gay marriage, all that. So this kind of is an act to try to protect you know, and respect the fact that gay marriage is here to stay in all of the different states. So it can just kind of get rid of the the anxieties and fears that it may be overturned in the near future, which is still fucking trash that women are not allowed to get abortions in all of these fucking states still. We will still celebrate the fact that pussies can be sucked and women can be married to each other for the time being, because this is what we need at this time. So I wanted my last nut to be a very positive one um, because the world is trash. So let's just count the small things. Okay. Um, But anyways, I have a very special guest that I want to um, introduce you guys to today. So I'm going to take a break and I will be back. Okay, we're back, and I'm so excited to bring you guys my guest for today. Her name is Fijiana. She is a she's from the Bay Area, Richmond, California. She's a rapper, singer, and creative director, and I'm so excited to have her on today. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule because she flew in. When did you fly in? Like 
two days ago. Two days ago. Um, so yes, um, hope that you're having a great time in New York so far. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, where you were born, and how you ended up in Cali? Yeah. So I'm originally from Fiji Islands, and uh, my dad brought me to America when I was when I was just like a little girl, on like four, three, four, and um. Yeah, we just been in California since we settled in Richmond. There's a lot of Fijian people there. Really? So, you know, like just you kind of settle in where your immigrant community is. And then that's, yeah. That's, Do you remember Fiji at all? Have not, you ever been back? I've been back a lot. So mm-hmm. I remember it from the times of me going back. But like just being born there in like my early life. No, I no. don't remember that. Okay, so before we start this interview, I wanted to do a little icebreaker, get you warmed up because okay. I know we don't know each other. Um, it's not; it's just a cute little game. Basically, I'm going to say a word, and you tell me based off that word the first word or phrase that comes to mind when I say it. Okay, okay? the industry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, big, <laughs> big. Okay, America. Fast. <laughs> Fast. Okay. Fiji. Pretty. Pretty. Rap music. Amazing. The male species. Uh, <laughs> decent. <laughs> okay. Okay. Women. Beautiful. Oh, I love that. Insecurities. Common. Okay. Sex. Special. <laughs> Culture. Important. Black women. God's gift to earth. Okay. <laughs> I know that's right. Okay. That was it. That was great. Okay. You did amazing. Gosh, she did not know about this beforehand. So I'm like, yes. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Okay. So first of all, I am a fan. And uh, the way that we got or that I got on your music is because I was just ranting one day about cultural appropriation, Jack Harlow, Drake, and just how people who have not been in a certain culture literally just exploit by culture, rap music. And I'm like, why is it so hard for people to, if you're in our culture, create your own sound? Like, why is it so difficult for people to do that? And then my roommate, shout out to Nova, was like, I know this amazing artist who literally created her own sound and like she raps, but it's like her own. And I'm like, let me hear. Yo, I love your music. Truly. I, I was like, oh my God, let me hear more. Let me hear more. The visuals were amazing. Um, so I really just wanted to know like um, what you would describe your style of music as and what made you get into rap? Okay. Um, so rap. So I got into rap, I think, at an early age. So I don't I don't think this like means anything. And it's like we're not entitled to other cultures like that's That's not what this is. But I do think I grew up in Richmond, California. It is predominantly black and Latino um, culture. And like, you know, being an immigrant, you kind of to fit in like that's kind of the culture that you're around like more so than my own mm-hmm. and um i've also my my stepmother was actually black as well and so i grew up with a black family like i just I was very um in the culture at a mm-hmm. young age and i really loved i fell in love with rap in particular because i felt like it was a genre where you could express really like 
intricate thoughts you know like it's just so like i find it very like um an intellectual art form which i i really love and so i i saw kanye west jesus walks when i was little and i was like wow like this is an art form where you could truly like express yourself and express like really complex thoughts and that had me um very interested in the genre since i was young and then my sound in particular it's i feel like it's a mix like i'm from the bay area so it's very like bay west coast like influence that i've had but also um i'm fijian so i'm islander but i'm also i have south asian ancestry so i feel like i kind of like combine just a lot of my experiences into like an amalgamation of this sound i love that like i can hear it i can hear your sound it's not like one of the things that irked me like when you hear someone who isn't black rapping they sound like a black woman and then you go and look them up it's like a whole ass white woman like with acrylics and shit um so when i hear you i hear the mixture i literally it's like rap music but i hear your sound and your voice Ah, just i love it y'all i'm a fan um i hope it's okay to play some of your music as well okay cool so um okay your visuals first of all what goes into creating the process for your music like the visuals do you have a creative team a director um and how do you make your visuals without being without feeling exploited like how do you own your sexuality through your visuals without feeling exploited so i am like my own creative director it's one of the things i love to do the most I feel like I'm a very visual artist. So even sometimes I'll get the visual before the song or like whenever I have a song, it is like a very strong visual. So yeah, I tend to do a lot of the the video work and visual work in terms of planning it myself. I usually produce them as well. So it's a lot. I would like a team, <laughs> but currently right now I feel like, you know, the, the, if you don't have something, you just kind of got to learn it, right? Like either that or you don't do it. Wow. Um, and my I love performing. Like that's like just one of my loves. Like I love embodying this other. Like because I'm actually really tomboy in life. Like my friends are always making fun of me for always just wearing sweats and like these like one pair of shoes. Like they're always like puja. Like (laughs) do something else, you know. I feel that. But um, it I feel like like the camera is like my moment to like be something else and embody this other energy that i feel is already inside of me so i i I never feel exploited because i feel like i'm just um conveying just like another part of me i love that like an alter ego Yeah, yeah yeah okay so speaking about being in the camera how do you deal with your insecurities and still maintain your power when we're in a world that like is hell bent on oppressing us? How do you balance that? I think I feel like sometimes I think where I'm just like, you know, you have to keep going. Like at the end of the day, if I don't do this, if I don't put everything into this um path i've chosen then i won't get anywhere and i think the fear of not doing everything i wanted to do is outweighs anything else so sometimes i'll do things and i'll make mistakes and 
I think I prefer that way of living rather than like overthink something a lot and just like never do it. Because I see a lot of my friends kind of go through that where it's like you'll think and think and think about doing something and you just never do it. And I'd rather like put my insecurity out. I'd rather fail. I'd rather fuck up and then figure it out, you know, on the path. I love that so, so much. <laughs> that I know you're just speaking in general, but like that spoke to me because there are so many days when like I want to quit or literally delete all of my episodes of my podcast because I get so insecure and thinking about how much I'm exposing myself and my truths to the world. But I love that. That I, that message hits me. That hits home. Um, speaking of your visuals, I noticed that you have a lot of like, um, you have dark skinned women, you have bigger women. Um, why was it important for you to showcase people who are not usually shown in media? You know, what's funny is like, um, everyone you see usually is like my friends. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's not even, your community. it's like not even like I'm trying mm -hmm. to achieve something. It's just like genuinely, these are the people around me. These are like all the people modeling and desiring to be in the camera. And these are the people I know. And that's just, it's just like very organic. Like I don't even think I'm like deeply thinking about a particular representation that I want. I think it's just, it's just really a reflection of like people around me. People, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw one of your vi uh, videos. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and I think you had like an older woman in it, an, an elder. Who was yeah. that? It was one of my friend's mom. She was beautiful. Yeah. I love that. You don't normally see that in videos. Like, it's always like our younger generation. So I I love that so much. Um, which video was that? It was Identity. Identity. That, that's literally the one mm -hmm. I chose. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a break because our first song that we're going to play is Identity by Fijiana. Please go look it up because this is actually my favorite visuals. It is so, so freaking beautiful. Um, so let's take a break. Talk about my people. I might have to intervene. We could play cool and forget the pain that we sight, bitch. You know this suffering wasn't done for free. I'm a brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. I'm a brown Brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. I'm a brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. Hailing from the coolie diaspora, know what that means. That I'm a brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. That I'm a brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. That I'm a brown bitch, melanin rich, Fijian queen. Hailing from the coolie diaspora, know what that means. It means my people have to struggle just to try to be seen. Always trying to suppress this. Do you know what I see? I see everyone around you staring at me on their screens, talking about how Polly you see a girl like me come back from defeat asking me all of these questions as i'm walking down these streets always trying to define but i'm my own identity always trying to define but i'm my own identity let me make it clear we ain't talking about a race we talking about a system that's always trying to erase okay y'all we're back and i hope you enjoyed that song as much as me please go look at the video because i it just gives me visceral relief i love it um question who makes your beats? Because one of your songs I'm going to talk to you about a little bit later. I am obsessed with that song and the beats. I literally could play it over and over again. Um, who makes the beats and do you write all your own music? So the beats are different. So I, I'm curious which song actually because... I like Man With Money. Man With... Okay. Okay. I love that song too. Yo, that beat <laughs> is insane. Um, uh, my friends Marquito and Casey, they actually made the beat. I have a little video of us actually um making that song. No, I have to see that. It okay, was, I have to see it that. Was, I'm so glad you recorded it. Was really, it was really they sent me the beat and like 
I was dealing with a man with money during this time. <laughs> well, you know, that's all I deal with, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was like thinking I was sitting with him. I was like, I like men with money. And then, yeah, like it just, it came about. But my beats are, different songs have like different beats. But currently with a lot of the stuff I haven't released yet, which I hope I get to play you some. But um, with a lot of the stuff I haven't released yet, I've been working with a particular producer named Tilden Park and we've formed like a really dope artistic connection. So yeah, but I love working with everyone like and writing wise. Yes, I do. Um, for the most part, write my own music. I yes. think there are moments where like we're in the studio together and like I'm with people and we're bouncing ideas off of each other. And then something is like created, right? Like music music i feel like any really good music should not be created in a vacuum um you need i feel like you need a lot of people like with any art form right like it takes a lot of people to create a really beautiful piece but for the most part i do right because music is like my therapy and i like to like release a lot of thoughts and ideas and life experiences through it so i I tend to, like even when sometimes people do try to write I'm like I can't resonate with that so I don't know if I'll be able to like say it in the song you know that's how I felt about your music because I was like talking to Nova and I'm like if I don't resonate with it I don't like it I ain't about to lie about it and I really felt it I felt your messages um what would you say is your message behind your music different things are like different right like identity I think for me as an artist as a whole like what I say all the time is like I I mostly just want to show like I'm that I'm multifaceted, right? Like I can make a song like Identity talking about like my cultural identity and then I can make a song like Direction talking about like my spiritual path and then I can take make a song about memo money cuz I like memo money. Okay. Like I just no I don't like feeling boxed in. Mm -hmm. Like I I wish to express the whole range of the human experience through art. Well, that's a great segue to my next question, because do you have any like hidden talents or talents you want to explore within the industry? Aside from music. Yeah, I will. Aside from rapping and singing, which I really, really want to develop the craft like very deeper. Um, I really like I love directing and I love like making things, you know, like I already direct a lot of my videos. So I feel like I want to get deeper into that. And I love to dance as okay. well. So I love live shows and performing. So just like putting that together, you know, I eventually want to get to a place where it's like, I want my show to feel like a Broadway musical, mm, you know, like that. that's how much depth and intricacy I would like in the things I do. I like your um, visuals because like when you're when I see your body move or even like I like men with money. Um, it just you feel the art it's like I love you know I know when men see women it's like very sexual but when women see women it's art when I see naked women when I see you and your visuals when I see your dance moves the way you move I can feel that I feel chills in my body I feel it the flow in in men with money I don't know if you've seen the video but in the visual right like I'm dancing I'm like dancing on the pole but we have a whole bunch of men in the video and all of them are blindfolded I saw that. And it was to say, like, this isn't for y'all. <laughs> like, this is not for your gaze. You yeah, know? I love that. Okay, well, let's take a break on that note because I want to play y'all Men With Money. We keep talking about it, but this is my song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like men with money. 
Fiji on the priceless And we don't fuck, but you know this pussy the tightest I like talking to you too, I like the way you move Like outcast when I'm down bad, you know what the fuck to do Okay, we're back, and I'm glad you guys got to hear that song because that beat go crazy. Like I love, so you heard the beat and then thought of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, so speaking of the men who were blindfolded, you also had a a video where you didn't show the man's face and it was blurred. Can you tell us why that was? Yeah. <laughs> so um, someone reached out to me and said that they were an abuser. Um. Oh, the man in the, the video. The man in the video. Oh, okay. And so I didn't really know how to go about that situation because, like, we worked really hard on the video. It was already a wrap. It was It was done. already mm. done. Um, But also, like, this girl seemed to be in a lot of pain as well. So just trying to, like... But you didn't know her? Make No, mm. I didn't know her. And just trying to make the best decision. decision. And I don't know if I did because, like, she wanted him like completely out you know and i wasn't really able to deliver um so i i don't know i i feel like i tried to compromise the best i could but you know like it's never like yeah there's only so much you can do yeah um i want to tell you like i really commend you for that because there are a lot of people especially with like the meg the stallion thing that happened with tori lane's there are a lot of people who, one, won't speak up for women who will protect the abusers or even like with Chris Brown, still come out and support him. So while you had a hard decision to make, you did not know her. You did not have to do anything. And I'm not saying that as like you didn't have to support women, but I'm saying like we don't owe anyone anything. And like the fact that women should stick together and you still decided to take the time out when well, you already put your money, your energy, and your time and other people did as well to work around that and the the video was good i think you definitely did your due by taking him out because when i see that video i don't think of him at all i think of you and it was like almost even better that you did it the way you did and like you could see such intimate moments like your feet and like girl you got nice feet but anyways <laughs> your feet your hands like it got it had such personal touches on it because you didn't show him and it wasn't about just you and this guy it was about like you the message everything so i think you know, I'm not here to tell you what's right and what's wrong, but I think you did the best you could, especially not knowing her and not fully knowing the whole story. You believed women and you did what you could for that situation. And I think that that is amazing because the Meg Thee Stallion thing is so triggering for so many women, especially in the industry where it's like ran by men and toxic masculinity. You took a stand against something and I think you should be very proud of that. Thank you. I love that. I appreciate that. Um. Okay, well, we're almost done, but... I wanted to know what your favorite part about creating is. This whole thing. What is your favorite thing? Hmm. I love. I love. Um, I love writing. I love writing and making the actual music. Like mm-hmm. I think getting lost in like a, a song and like a melody and just watching the process. Right. Of like having something in your idea and like manifesting that into like the physical realm. I think. Mm-hmm. There's something so special about it. Um, but yeah, just I think when I feel very deeply heavy, whether it's like extremely sexual or sad or whatever the emotion is, when I feel so deeply, you know, I'm a Pisces, I be feeling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like being able to like take that and transmute it into something else. Like I think that's 
the part I love the most. It's so powerful because I was on TikTok. I'm just new to TikTok. And they were talking about, it was this dude going off about how the the time he had the biggest heartbreak was in 2019 and all these other dudes jumped on. They're like, oh, me too. What happened at that time? And they were like, that's when Meg Thee Stein came out with Hot Girl Summer. So people don't really realize the power and influence of music. Music is deep. Like we watch media and you know TV and all that, but music, you can pick up music at any time. You can really put your soul into it. So what you're writing and what you put out matters. That can like, like uplifting women doing these stuff for women matters. So um, yeah, I love that that's your favorite part because the influence is impactful. Like we really live that. We really uplift each other. We really decide to leave these ancient dudes. Like, um, yeah, that's, yep. that's dope. <laughs> um, okay. Last question. What projects have you been working on? Because I saw, I looked up and saw Tales of the Town. I love that. Talk to us about that. Um, that's my favorite project I've been a part of that I, I was so lucky and blessed to be a part of. Um, Tales of the Town is an album um, by uh, all Bay Area artists mm. that is uh, alongside this podcast called um, By Hella Black Podcast. And they are, they, it's a podcast series talking about Black Oakland's. Mm. from um, black migration from the south to like modern day gentrification to the sounds and the music like it is is so powerful and it teaches you so much about um the like culture and richness of blackness in the bay area which if you're from the bay area like it is black culture like that is the predominant culture that pe people like dance to stuff and they say hyphy music and all this shit but it's black culture, mm -hmm. you know, no matter um, who you are. And so, yeah, they, they just wanted to create an album like by Bay Area artists for this. And I was really lucky. My friend um, Noah, his artist name is OG Davey. Me and him made a song called Rise Up in 2020. Mm -hmm. And the the people running the um, podcast, Abbas and Delancey, they loved the song and they put it on the project. And wow. it was just, it's just such a, it's such a powerful project. I really urge everyone to go like, listen to the podcast, listen to the whole project. It's very beautiful. And like become educated about like the culture in like the place you live. I think me as an immigrant and immigrants in particular, um, you know, non-black people, like we don't familiarize ourselves with, the culture that was already existing before we got here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they, they did all the work for us. They like did all the research, they put it out. So the least we could do is like, listen and educate ourselves. I love that. And I looked at, I, I had crunch time before we had to record, but I even saw they had ties to the Black Panther. Yeah, I was like, yeah. They are dope. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, well, I just want to thank you so much for being here um, and just taking your time out. But before we go, that song gave me chills like it was so good so we're gonna play that to go out um but yeah and i thank you for being here and i hope that you really enjoy your time in new york thank you okay y'all i'm gonna we're gonna take a break i'm gonna come back with the rest of the episode bye interpretation of history is key my grandfather struggled. My father struggled. I'm a struggle. My child will struggle. My grandchild will struggle. I have a history of struggle. I have a history of resistance. Thus, it is incumbent upon me to struggle.
Interpretation of history is very key. Shroomed up. Wow. Starting to kick, I took him like 45 minutes ago. Yeah, I'ma hop my ride and then smash out. Hit this weed till I pass out. Need more Dave, you better cash out. Shake your dick, I never back down. Bitch, back up, I said, wise up. G's don't die, we just rise up. Like my pops, I just hustle like my mom's pops. Tell me work hard, cause I'm not a Steve Jobs. Crackers gonna hold you up unless you got a good job. I just wish it all stopped. Need a moment to recoup. I got bills in the mail, sick and tired eating soup. So my niggas let's regroup. Now we're all inside the stoop. Never turned to my crew. I had way too much to lose. I'ma hop my ride and then smash out. Hit this weed till I pass out. Need more Dave, you better cash out. Shit get big, I never Y'all, that interview really warmed my heart. And I'm telling you, Fijiana dropped some gems on me. But it also is a reminder of how important and impactful community is to me. And speaking of Black Panthers, my Black Sheep of the Week. Of the week. Black, black Sheep of the Week. Hey, Black Sheep of the Week. <laughs> is going to none other than Elaine Brown. So long before, long before Elaine Brown sought the Green President uh presidential nomination the green party presidential nomination sorry in 2008 she was actually the chairman the chairwoman of the black panther party from 1974 to 1977 and uh, but according to her the title was meaningless because a woman in the black power movement was considered irrelevant a woman asserting herself was a pariah and if a black woman assumed a role of leadership she was said to be eroding black manhood or to be hindering the progress of the black race 
So she left the uh, Black Panther Party when she could no longer tolerate the sexism and patriarchy. And she founded the National Alliance for Radical Prison Reform and works to help prisoners find housing after their release. I wanted to highlight this woman because... You know, as much as I love the Black Panther Party and 70 percent of it, like I said, was black women, there still were those huge undertones of sexism, like black women who led the Black Panther Party, who did the majority of the progress, were still undercut and shorthand because black men still felt like they needed to have power and be the front runners it's like we could have been so strong together but sexism still continues to be divisive till this day and instead of just sitting around and being like irrelevant she decided to continue to do work prison reform that still helps black men and that's my thing even though black women speak up such as myself and hold black men accountable, we're doing it so that our whole race progresses. Because if we continue to be oppressed within our like within black people, because just because men want to be in front of us to fight the quote unquote good fight. It gets us nowhere. Like black men will be the white men of our people. They will be the white people of black people and still want power over anything when we are literally trying to liberate and tear down the whole system from the bottom up. Like I just, her story was so powerful to me because she reminds me of myself, someone who I want liberation overall. I don't give a fuck about a man's ego. I don't give a damn about people thinking that I'm supposed to stick behind a black man to be able to conquer that. I don't need that. I just need our people to be free. I don't give a fuck about no man's opinion or no man's ego when it comes to the fact that black women have statistically proven to be doing the work. And we're still doing the work. She continues to do the work because she went about to play with them niggas. Um, so she's my black sheep of the weed because she is me. I am her and I'm every woman. It's all in us. Okay. I really like that because my voice is kind of messed up. I can like kind of carry high notes like, ah, hallelujah. I didn't say it sounded good, but I said I could do it. Okay. Because usually my voice cracks when I try to sing like that. All right. But anyways, Shout out to you. Um, what I've been watching, look, I legit watched a whole season of the show Wednesday on Netflix in a day, maybe a day and a half because I episode eight, I couldn't get through it because um, I was trying to wait for Zuri and then I was like, fuck it, I'm just watching it. Um, so we watched the last episode together. So I will say. I understand people's criticism of the show. It's Tim Burton with his racist ass, first of all. Second of all, yes, the black people, I will, you know what? First of all, I want to say the fact that all of the black people in the show were dark skin, very brown, dark brown skin to dark skin. I mean, like Zuri's dark skin. Like I never get to see my baby's color be shown. And of course, when they have a dark skin woman, they always make them bald because they don't like doing women's hair. So they usually pick women who don't have hair because it's easier for them. But they had character development. These people were not just supporting characters. They had like whole backstories and the black boy's dad was, was the mayor. Like there was definitely critiques because white people gone white, but the positives far outweighed the negatives because them black people was acting. Okay. If you can't say Bianca was one of the best, Bianca was such a great actress that in certain scenes, the boy she was Xavier I think was her ex he his acting was so terrible in certain scenes that like her her acting being so real and amazing was like making him look so bad because I'm like this nigga is cannot act 
um, he was so deadpan and just not bringing any fucking um, any. I don't fucking know, like emotion. I was like, sometimes he was just saying the words on the script, but she was so good. Like her acting, she was one of the best actors in this whole film. And the scene where her and Wednesday sword fighted at the beginning or, or fencing, I was like, oh, please make them be lesbians because the tension and the air was so thick. My goodness. The fact that they did make Wednesday be queer. I'm just like, okay, this is where y'all, y'all dropped the ball. Um, but this show was so good. I'm going to give y'all a chance to go watch it before. Before I spoil it for y'all but I'm telling y'all it was worth every critique that I have about it like it was just it was so good they actually did their thing and they made black people's skin look so good like the black people look great on camera I was I was proud I love this show um Abbott Elementary listen speaking of black people just looking amazing on screen they gave the principal Ava a whole episode okay and when I tell you she did not fail to deliver her looks from this episode were fantastic phenomenal she was a boss ass bitch her makeup was on point her outfits like she was such a boss her character development the way they make her slowly give a fuck about shit but also be a boss ass black woman I love it I love when they make selfish black women on screen because we are never allowed to be selfish we always got to be everybody's mammy and it's like I'm living for it um what else I've been watching I don't know if I've been watching anything else. Honestly, I pressed pause and tried to think for a whole two minutes. I don't think I've watched anything else or nothing that can come to mind right now. So if I think of it, I guess I'll save it for next week's episode. Um, my micro of the week is going to go to men because usually my microaggressions are some racist shit. But this week is going to be some sexism. Um, my microaggression goes to the fact that when you try to have conversations with men or hold them accountable, they automatically start degrading you or talking about the way you look. And I understand that men have been raised to understand how much power they have over women. So they know the moment they call you out your name or call you ugly or call you I don't know a nigga called me a Muppet today he was like women get so mad and they call us sassy and blah blah and gay he named all the things that I know he feels about himself because I didn't say nothing to him I literally called him king and he got so mad and he said but y'all really Muppets you a Muppet um because he was punching down at women and I was like y'all love to talk shit about women and he went off so my microaggression of the week is to tell men that like I understand that a lot of y'all don't know how to have conversations and go back and forth with a woman and express yourself and explain yourself. If I hold a man accountable and your immediate response is to degrade me or call me out of my name, I know that that's a reflection of you. You ain't got no self-worth, no value. You don't know how to hold yourself in a conversation. You don't know how to defend your point without immediately jumping to being like, let me hurt her feelings because women are so damn insecure. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna jump off this chat and be like shit I'm good I know at the end of the day women can stop fucking men all day long and still have children women can still get married to each other women can still do all that y'all niggas can't do that y'all can't do anything without this y'all can't take care of yourselves y'all can't raise households y'all can't literally unless y'all gay man so let's shout out to the queer man okay because y'all uh y'all on top of shit but cis hetero men absolutely cannot do shit without women nothing y'all livelihoods are based upon oppressing and like feeding off of women so when y'all try to degrade us talk shit about us y'all just reflecting your own low self-worth because we good we literally can sustain ourselves and continue to grow women are the future we're good without y'all so my microaggression of the week is for you niggas who don't know how to be accountable lack empathy and 
try to use your power and oppression to degrade a woman because you don't know how to know how to have a regular fucking conversation. So, yeah. Party favors. Build community. Play fucking sports and games that you love to do and fucking win. Okay, I know the goal is to have a good time, but fucking win. Because when I won last night, it felt so good. So my party favorite to y'all is to do what you love and to do it fucking well. Okay, that's all. All right, niggas. Bye.